Hello, and welcome to the Bikes and Podcast, a podcast about bikes, but more about the people that ride them, the communities that they build, and the stories they create than conversations about the latest shock technology, wheel sizes, and how to improve your Strava time. Every two weeks, I interview people with a story to tell, an event to promote, or a cause they are passionate about. If you'd like to be on the podcast or have an idea for a story I should cover, please contact us. You can go to the bikesand.net website and click on contact in the navbar. My Twitter handle is at mybikesand, and my Instagram feed can be found at bikes.and. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Bikes and Podcast and that you have a great ride. Hello and welcome to episode 9, Bikes and Beer. And have I wanted to do this one since the beginning of the Bikes and Podcast? Absolutely. Bikes and beer goes together like fish and chips, apple pie and ice cream, and chips and dip. For many people, the idea of grabbing a beer after a day in the saddle is one of the things that motivates you to keep rolling up and down the trail. My friends at the Velomenati, episode 6, if you want to go back and listen to it, have devoted rule number 47 to the idea of the intertwined nature of bikes and beers. Beer, they say, is a recovery drink, an elixir for post-ride trash-talking, and a just-plain-excellent thing to pour down the neck. There are, of course, many beers to choose from, but there really is only one company that produces my go-to malted adult beverage, and that is Oscar Blues. And there are a few reasons for that. They make their product here in Longmont, Colorado, and I like to support a quality local brewery in the same way I like to support my local bike shop. They sponsor many bike-centric events, including the Oscar Blues Old Man Winter Rally in Lyons, the Fruta Fat Tire Festival, the Outside Magazine Bike and Brew Festival in Santa Fe, and the Dirt Rag Dirt Fest in Pennsylvania. They also sponsor some most excellent pro riders, such as Jeff Lenowski, Mm-hmm. Nate Hills, Nico Mullally, and Sarah Sheets. According to my guest today, the bike culture at Oscar Blues is ingrained and contagious. If you didn't ride bikes before working here, it's not long before you are sharing Dale's Pale Ales or DPAs to those who know with your co-workers trailside, whether for a meeting for or for fun. We always make time for riding and host weekly Thursday night bike rides from our original location in Lions. And finally, but perhaps the most exceptional way that Oscar Blues celebrates all things bikes is that they not only make some fantastic single speed mountain bikes under the Reeb brand, but if you work here for two years, drum roll please, they give you one and you can make it yourself. OMG. Hmm. By the way, by the way, I know that the listeners of the Bikes and Podcast are a smart bunch, so I probably don't need to point out why a beer company makes a bike brand called Reeb. <laughs> My guest today uh, on today's podcast is Mr. Thomas Apple, a.k.a. Thermos. Um, Thomas is the National Sponsorship Coordinator here at Oscar Blues. Thanks for having me today, Thomas. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks for coming out, man. Um, You've been kind enough to give me a Mama's Yellow Pills. It is without a doubt my favorite post-ride Pilsner. What are you drinking today? Um, I'm also having a Mama's Little Yellow Pills. Well, that sounds like a good idea. Well, um, uh, cheers to you. Cheers, mate. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, Oh, yeah. Perfect. 
and that is from this very location, correct? Uh-huh. Let's see. It was canned on January 30th. Very, very cool. Ten so days ago. It's got a born on date. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I hadn't even noticed that. It's actually the first time I've ever looked underneath yeah. one of these cans. Mm-hmm. There's a secret... Uh, there's a secret message on the bottom of all of our cans, too. What is the secret message? This one says, go for gold. Oh, this one does, too. Look <laughs> at that. Oh, go for, as in G-O-P-H-E-R. Yeah, that's open for interpretation, I guess. So I've, I've seen a massage room today, dogs and a teddy bear running reception. <laughs> this must be a great place to work. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. Um, the rules um, can be a little bit lax, which is good for a lot of us. Right. Um, there's no book necessarily to follow right uh we get shit done and and have fun doing it so fantastic yeah how long have you worked it uh it'll be four years this spring actually Mm. and i've worked in a bunch of different capacities in the past four years so i used to can this i used to brew this and now i'm actually uh involved in selling it and sampling it to people around the country fantastic yeah um where were you before you came here uh well i graduated from the university of colorado in 2012 um i did some river guiding for a little bit some internships at the Brewers Association where I kind of got into beer. Um, and I've lived in Boulder, so that's where the bikes is really uh, where I got stung. Yeah. Um, it's hard to live in Boulder and not ride a bike. Yeah, absolutely. I got a flat yesterday and it was like, it hurt. <laughs> it wasn't good knowing that I have a flat tire at home right now. Uh, but yeah, and so then I started about four years ago here. So Are you a native? No, I'm not. I'm from Florida originally. Uh-huh. Yeah. How did you get to Colorado? Uh, well, my dad is from Colorado originally, um, a little town called Pueblo, down in southern Colorado, uh-huh. Pueblo, oh, as Pueblo. Uh, other people would call Thank it, sunny much. Pueblo by the river. Um, so yeah, my whole family's from here. We're actually one of the first 100 families to settle in the Denver area, hmm. um, but I was born in Florida. Okay. Um, yeah, and so I went to college, started in 2008, finished in 2012, and haven't seen a reason to leave anytime soon. No, I, I've been here for 20 years. I, I wouldn't think of leaving anytime yeah. soon either. This is about as perfect a spot. And you're from England? England, yes. Which part? Correct. I'm from a tiny village called Crantock, which is down in the southwestern part of the UK. Okay. And it's uh, in the county of Cornwall. Beautiful place. If huh. you ever, if is that? I, I've been in England. I've spent some time in Bath. Yes, Bath. And, and I had um, my first date with my wife in Bath. At a bath? No, and not at a bath. bath. <laughs> um, yeah, I was a bit disappointed that I couldn't actually uh, bathe in the, the bath. But yes. um, yeah, and then London as well. Cool. Yeah. So maybe uh, we could start with a little insight into the history of Oscar yeah, Blues of Brewery. What can you tell us about where it came from? Uh, so the founder is Dales Katechis. Um, he's a southern dude from Alabama, really good guy. Um, you have to say that he's your boss. No, well, I would say that regardless if he was my boss or not. Everyone here, I would say, is good dudes and gals for sure. Um, so yeah, he um, he went to Auburn University, was a home brewer, um, probably partied a good amount too, rode some bikes back then as well. Um, and in 1997, he was managing some restaurants in the Boulder area. He actually managed the uh, old Chicago on Pearl Street that. I think is actually closing down, unfortunately, which it's just kind of been a staple, but you know, it was a good place um, to get beer back in the day. It's changed a little bit, but he was riding his bike through Lyons, Colorado, um, which is just west of here in the foothills, and um, smelled some guy homebrewing, started asking questions, and then he opened a restaurant, decided 
in the basement of the restaurant about a year after opening in 1997 that he would do a um, a small little brewery down there. And then it's since transformed, you know, started canning in 2002 when we were the first craft brewery to put beer in a can. And um, back then you could only find Coors, Coors Light, uh, Budweiser's in cans. Um, and all of his, all the people involved in the craft beer industry at that time, Left Hand, uh, New Belgium, Odell's other bigger Colorado brands um, kind of laughed and scoffed at him and was like, you're a dumbass. And um, yeah, he was like, you know what? This is the way to go. Um, it's going to be better for my biking. And that's what I enjoy to do. So he put it in a can in 2002 and it's pretty much taken off since then. What are the benefits of beer in a can? Um, well, it doesn't get exposed to light as easily in a bottle. Um, it's infinitely recyclable. Aluminum is the most recycled uh, product on earth. It's, it's lighter to ship than glass. And I think the most important part for us is portability of it. We can put it in our backpack when we're riding our bike or, you know, hell, even I keep it in my pocket at times. And then when it's done, I can just cr- stomp on it, crush it, put it in my pocket and keep going. So I have noticed over the over the years that I've been drinking it, I'm, I always thought it was on this one, but maybe it's on Dale's Pale Ale, the pack it in, pack it out message. Is that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it is on. It should. Yeah, it's on all of them. Oh, there it is. Pack right it in, and that's referring to um, that's referring to you know just leave the leave no trace concept that right. I think cans definitely are more conducive for. So we just encourage we encourage environmental responsibility as well. I mean, this overall the can is just a, it's a better form of uh, the beverage than than a bottle right. overall for the environment yeah totally mm-hmm. so where did the name oscar blues come from um that's there's definitely a few stories um i mean on top of us being extremely passionate about bikes we're also extremely passionate about music and dale being from alabama blues is a has a you know a big spot in his in his heart and all of us as well we like that blues rocky sound kind of the gritty Americana sound. Um, and so he loved blues music and Oscar was the name of his childhood dog and it sounded pretty cool, I guess. So no doubt. yeah, that's a Oscar great story. blues. Yeah. That's a great story. Um, the first beer out from Oscar blues was the now all famous, um, Dale's pale mm-hmm. ale. I'm assuming. Yep. The original craft beer in a can 2002. Yep. If you look at all the beers that, uh, Oscar blues sells today, which is yep. the most popular today? Uh, Dale's Pale Ale is about 45% of our shipped beer from this location and also the locations in North Carolina and Austin. Um, we've recently invested a lot of, a lot more time and money into a barrel aging program, uh, which people are freaking about because it's really solid beer. We put our Imperial Stout as well as some other darker beers into bourbon barrels, rum barrels, uh, even some wine Chardonnay barrels. Um, and those are becoming pretty popular. We're actually even including, um, we're starting a club. It's called the Canspiracy Club, uh, which is kind of like a members only type deal. Anyone can join essentially, but you're going to get the first release of certain barrel aged beers, any one off beers. But yeah, Dale's Pale Ale is still our mother's milk, our, our go to. Yeah. Where does, do you know where my favorite beer, Mama's Yellow Pills, fits into that? Yeah, um, Mama's is second or third. Um, our IPA does really well as, um, as well. Um, yeah, Mama's is, was the third beer we did. Right. Second was Old Chubb, mm-hmm. um, which was a big Scotch ale, which was another kind of screw you to the, to the beer culture that was like, you can't put craft beer in a can because it's too flavorful. It'll lose all its flavor. <laughs> And then Dale said, you know what, I'm going to put 
an extremely flavorful beer in a can, the old Chubb, and yeah, and um, it worked. Moving to America in '96, uh, mm-hmm. um, great place to be. Uh, always very disappointed at that point with with the, the beer. With the beer, okay. The the options were just like you say were pretty much uh, Coors Original, Coors Light, Miller Light, uh, and all the other type. Uh, mass-produced yeah cores i certainly have a little bit more respect for than the other mega brands um just because it kind of is responsible for beer culture in colorado right um it is the largest standalone brewery in the world Mm. um but it it certainly is responsible for beer culture in colorado so there's a little bit more respect there for sure but i mean craft beer is is what people should be consuming, no, you know, no doubt. for many reasons. No but doubt, yeah. where did, did you move directly to Denver? Uh, yes. Cool. Yeah. So yeah. The, the brands were around then, though, in New Belgium and mm-hmm. those and, and, and Oscar Blues as well. Well, yeah. it, starting in 97, I guess. Do you know the genesis of the name Mama's Yellow? Yeah. Do you? No. I'd oh, you don't? You're going to love this as, a, as an English guy. Okay. Um, it's from a Rolling Stones song, Mother's Little Helper. Okay. So it's kind of a play on... Mother's Little Helper. No kidding. Yeah, Take Two and Call Us in the Morning. That's a, a line in the song as well. So, yeah. That's fantastic. It's a Stones song, yeah. Um, and where does some of the other, like Old Chubb, for example, where does that uh, Old Chubb, I think, is also another kind of UK reference. Just an old, you know, you're an old Chubb um, <laughs> for a Scotch Ale. I suppose. You know, because it's kind of a stout, portly beer. And Old Chubb kind of has that connotation of being a stout, portly you know, more aggressive beer. Yeah. Like that I would imagine someone it's who's got a, an, bit of, got a bit of girth. Yeah. Someone, exactly. <laughs> someone who's an old chub would be uh, girthy and, and aggressive. Yeah. Now um, we're here in Longmont, Colorado, mm-hmm. which is where the original, well, I think Lions is where it started. Yep. Which is just west of just here on highway 66. Yeah. Yep. On the way to the Rocky Mountain National exactly, Park. Exactly. Yeah. 20 miles west, east of uh, Rocky Mountain National Park. And I think there's still a, a pub there. There is, yeah. Lions Grill and Brew, the original location. We still have a full operational brewery, um, really good Cajun food, music three to four nights out of the week in the basement, uh-huh. uh, really good feel and kind of has like a good culture and character added to that town. Yeah. And then um, you've got the brewery here, but then yeah. you've also opened up locations in Brevard. Um, North Carolina and Austin, is yep. that correct? We opened in Brevard, North Carolina in 2012, which is at the base of Pisgah National Forest and at the entrance of DuPont National mm-hmm. Forest, which any bikers listening or you may be familiar with the the single track in DuPont and Pisgah National Forest is phenomenal. Best, Some of the best on the East Coast, some of the best on the con- in the country. Um, so that, you know, you can... You like like our original Lions location where you could start in Lions. Everyone kind of parks at the Lions Brewery and goes and rides Picture Rock or Hall Ranch or the Nelson Loop or the or Bitterbrush Trail, which which we know as the Rock Garden, which isn't a you know a pain in the ass trail, but a lot of fun. Um, same thing in Brevard, North Carolina. You can ride from the brewery to really great, great trails in Pisgah and Dupont. Right. Yeah, I think I have ridden the connector trail that goes from Lyons up to Hyle. Is it Hyle Ranch? Yeah, that's that's Antelope. Right. So you start at the yeah, you go to the Antelope Trailhead, and then it takes you out to um, to the Nelson Loop. Right. Yeah, and then Austin, Texas, we opened in 2016, right. which has another bike culture, more you know, hipster, roadie, cool mustaches, but uh, still bikes. So we're into it. <laughs> we dig go. it. 
So, uh, so talking about bikes, what, why do you think that the Oscar Blues brand resonates so much with the cycling community? Uh, well, I think we started, we did a really good job of supporting the cycling community that was, I, I suppose, maybe fringe a bit. Um, and it still kind of is. And I think bike cyclists kind of pride ourselves on that. You know, it is a little, there's a counterculture aspect to it. And Oscar Blues did a really good job of relating to that uh, without pushing the mainstream and and you know staying weird i guess so I think that's right yeah. yeah um and so we did a lot a really good job with supporting these smaller brands and these smaller bike festivals um and everyone loves beer especially cyclists so we made sure to get in that get our beer in the hands of of all the cyclists and they were stoked and they kind of just spread it because bikers are happy and people that are drinking beer are typically happy so yeah. it kind of worked it worked pretty well for us uh, you you may ha- may be somewhat biased, but if you could <laughs> think of the one beer that resonates with cycling the most, which one would it be? Well, we do we make um, at our bike cantina, which is here in Longmont on um, corner of Airport and Nelson. Um, it's a really cool, really rad shop. Uh, we have a static beer on tap there called um, Rebride, which is named after our bike brand. Uh, which is a really good rye pale ale, but I think Dale's, I mean, I think Dale's pale ale was made for bikers. Um, it was made to put in your pack when you're on a bike ride and that's the reason we put it in a can. So yeah, yeah. I think Dale's pale ale. Many of my friends, uh, friends, myself included have the Dale's pale ale socks. Yeah. uh, Ride socks. Absolutely, man. I, I think, um, it's, it's just kind of, it's assumed sort of, right? When you go on a bike ride to pick up a six pack of Dales and there's actually, I thought this was kind of funny. You know, the game, um, cards against humanity. Absolutely. So there, there's a Colorado version and one of the cards is a pile of crushed Dales pale ale cans. So it would be like, you know, what pisses your grandmother off more? (laughs) Um, you know, when the bathtub water is cold or, a pile of a trailside pile of Dale's Pale Ale cans, so it's kind of cool. That is good. Yeah, that is great. Um, so big, big uh, bike culture here. Yeah, at the company, definitely. Uh, what are some of the crazy things that you get up to here at Oscar Blues on, on bikes? Well, I knocked myself out in July at Snowmass, got a concussion, and felt pretty good about it. Um, but I, the best part about it was I was one of like five employees that summer that got a concussion on our bikes. Um, but yeah, so I was at the big mountain enduro snowmass race, which we've sponsored for years. And, um, I was riding a trail called blackjack, I think. And, uh, yeah, I just got a little excited and went over the handlebars and got a concussion. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, you know, meetings take place on bikes, um, we take all of our FNGs, we take them all out on bike rides and hopefully they crash just to get a little taste of what it feels like, you know, <laughs> most of them end up crashing. Um, yeah. Don't so you, don't you have a pump track here or something? We do. Yeah. Actually at the farm and I was actually at the farm earlier this afternoon. Okay. So, uh, the race is going to go through our farm. The old man winter rally race goes through our farm. Uh, there's a full, pu- full pump track and then a full pro set of jumps too, that some guys, um, go out every Wednesday in the summer and, and build. So if you don't want to go to Valmont, you can go to the farm. Um, we hold, excuse me, we hold, uh, events there. 
um, from time to time. But yeah, maybe one day it'll be a little bit more open. But but for now, it's kind of for for, for fun and private events that we hold there. Right. Um, we have back, some rowdy t- times at the farm. That's for sure. I, I'm quite sure of that. And I our was- CEO had to have someone's wife here who is a uh, a doctor give him stitches on site because he was having a bit too much fun so <laughs> that kind of stuff happens that stuff happens, yeah right. how many uh barrels of beer did oscar blues brew last year um we did two hundred and fifteen thousand, something like that between the four locations including lions that's insane yeah and I presume that number just goes up every year. Yeah, it does. Uh, we've had definitely we've had solid growth the last since 1997, I suppose. Sure. But um, yeah, it does go up every year. We've expanded. Um, you know, in the four years I've been here, we've added um, Pinner, Burrito, IPA, Priscilla. That's four beers right there. Uh, Death by Coconut. That's five. Um, and those are all extremely well-received, awesome, awesome beers, um, all in cans, of course. Um, yeah, so the growth is tremendous, and it just keeps happening and happening, and not just in beer, too, but, you know, the bike brand spreading, and the culture of it is, is spreading, and people are attaching to it more and more, and it's, it's pretty, pretty awesome to see. Um, as mentioned in the introduction and, and a couple of times in the interview, um, uh, we hear that Oscar Blues makes a bike uh, under the Reeb brand. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit of, about the brand? My guess is knowing Oscar Blue's culture, there's something probably very unique about them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the Reeb's kind of started with um, just our employees that were extremely passionate about bikes and and wanting to you know be involved in that as well. And, and Dale, I think he had a few bikes stolen and was like, after that, people keep stealing my bikes. I, I, I want to learn how to make my bikes or... Or, or make some bikes myself, and um, so he started Reeb, which is beer backwards. Now you're giving the game away, right? But I mean, if I you guys were smart, you would have already figured it out by now, I guess. Which you are. You would hope so. Um, so yeah, and I think the the unique part about bikes as the Reeb brand is that we didn't want to do it the same way, and we didn't want to make you know big fancy full suspension bikes that were too expensive for people or. Um, you know, whether they're out of your price range or out of your skill level, we, we made simple, started with simple single speed, um, bikes for that, you know, made the trail a little bit more challenging and, and made it a little bit more fun. And I think that's kind of what, you know, that's, that's why it's unique. I, I, I guess it's, it's, they're, they're special bikes. Um, and I, and they're, they're tough, they're tough to ride and it takes a certain kind of person to ride them at times. And, um, we use a carbon belt drive that Gates makes for us, and um, which makes it even harder, but simple at the same time, unique. Um, are, are all the bikes single speed? No, no, you can get gears uh, if you if you wish. Um, I, would, I would wish for gears. Yeah, well, I think the front range riding in Lions and and um, in Boulder County is is really really fun on a, a single speed Reeb. Uh, they're really playful. They're responsive. It's all true temper steel, American American made steel, hand welded just across the street here. Uh, so yeah, they're they're unique. American made parts, um, the belt drive to kind of set it apart, and they're really pretty bikes. You can't ride them without people saying, "Oh shit, that's a good looking bike." Wait, they they have gears and a belt drive. Yeah, 
the single speeds, uh, the single speeds are belt drives. Uh, And then we have an internal roll off hubs on our fat bikes, which uh is the Reeb donka donk. Um, (laughs) yeah. Um, that's a great name. Yeah. Which is all an internal hub uh, run on a belt drive. Okay. Yeah. And then we do the chain thing too, but you got to do more or less. Yeah. More or less. Um, thank you very much for giving us an introduction to yeah, of course. all things to do with Oscar Blues, the connection with bikes, introduction to Reeb. At this point, thanks, Thomas. Yeah, thank AKA you, man. A.K.A. Thermos. Thermos. Uh, you've got to tell us why you're called Thermos, by the way. Um, well, I have a, I mean, as well as bikes and beer, I'm really into uh, thermoses, actually. Because <laughs> there's a connection. Yeah. Um, drinking my coffee out of, or at times my beer out of, if necessary. Um so yeah, I just was carrying beer. I was carrying thermoses around all different kinds when I first started, and and the name the name stuck. stuck yeah, <laughs> and we'll now Every, you. everyone has a nickname around here. Uh, well, fantastic. Um, so thank you very much for yeah, uh, thank you, Ben. That, that introduction. Thanks. So just a quick interruption into the podcast here. So as luck would have it, um, as Thomas was finishing his interview with me at Oscar Blues. Um, Tim, who is the head of uh, brewing operations, uh, walked past and uh, was very kind to come in and uh, have a quick interview. So this is a bit of a bonus segment for the podcast. I hope you enjoy it. All right, so I'm joined here by Tim. Uh, Tim uh, is big man on campus in the fact that he is head of brewing operations correct i uh, understand tim that you're a difficult man to get hold of so um, <laughs> we're blessed by the fact that it's friday afternoon and you're i'm probably all that stands between you and going home and getting oh, a i'm beer. staying here man lionel young is playing in the weasel he's my favorite artist that plays here at the weasel oh very um, nice just your every day he reminds me of a uh, you know blind willie mctell kind of stuff you know old <laughs> that's, school blues that's so. right yeah. we were actually uh talking uh with thomas earlier about the connection between oscar blues and the blues Mm-hmm. In terms of the name, well, there you go. What, what can you what can you tell us about that? <laughs> well, in terms of the history, I just know that it's, it's definitely a huge part of the culture. You know, the, what the blues um, is for music is one of the ways we you know, we definitely brew. Uh, you know, we're engaged with our craft, engaged in um, the art aspect of it, uh, but at the same time, we're unapologetic and uh, but easygoing. Right. So. Very, very aligned with the blues then. Yeah. That sounds yeah, like uh, sure. Muddy Waters or someone like yeah, that, yeah. maybe. We, say it, we tell it how it is, but, you know, we don't, you know, we're not trying to get anybody's sympathy, so. Right. <laughs> now, one one other thing that I've learned about you is that you are a massive Arsenal fan, as yeah. am I. Yep. Uh, we were commiserating about the uh, state <laughs> of Arsenal's season, which yeah. uh, looks like it's going the same way as it has for the last Eight years or so. Yeah, shambles in the mid midfield mainly. I think so. Uh, I think that's yeah. right. Um, and uh, and and maybe a time for a change of manager, but we don't know who would replace Arsene Wenger. So exactly. let's just stay with Arsene yeah. Wenger for the time being. Yeah. Just need to just need to find a little bit more depth to center back, a little bit more depth in uh, all areas of the midfield. Yes. And uh, yes, we do need a striker. Yes, so. we, we need yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so um, how long have you worked here? I've been here since 2008. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, uh, where were you before that? I was in a little brewery in the eastern province, uh, British Columbia. Hmm. Uh, not the eastern part of the province in British Columbia. And um, the, before that, I was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I had a small little brew pub. Hmm. So I've been brewing a little over 10 years now, and I've been here for almost nine. Yeah. So, How yeah. did you get into brewing in the first place? A lot of passion. So I... I 
I definitely was hanging around at brew pubs and beer bars about 15 years ago. And, uh, I enjoyed the culture, how, how people enjoyed it. It was definitely a break away from the typical bar pub culture uh, of the states that it is. And um, I like the history of it. I love the fact that I thought it was prolific and um, timeless. And uh, I saw it as a way to really ignore the problems of the world, but engage the people in a, in a meaningful matter. Right. Uh, so I fell in love with the craft at the same time in the science. And that's definitely an ongoing thing, but uh, I dove head first. I got a little bit of education with the American Brewers Guild here in the States, and then uh, just started jumping in everywhere I could get uh, a place. Uh, Thomas and I were talking uh, during our conversation about how the uh, quality of American beer has increased exponentially since mm-hmm. when I arrived here in the mid 90s yep. where uh, you know we had about four beers to choose from and most mm-hmm. of them were light and mass produced yep. uh, what what has created this whole new evolution in this and growth of the craft beer industry well people are engaging the product uh, I definitely think for decades uh, the American public did not engage the product. They just simply took what was uh, fed to them. And, you know, you can see this in other aspects of American culture right? and a lot of culture across the entire world. You are simply – you simply take what is given to you mm-hmm. and you don't ask questions. You don't even care about what goes into it. That has definitely changed. If people care about what goes into it and that has led to the people that brew it. And uh, that passion has now led to innovation, and you know, the, the beer being brewed today, no one even, no one could possibly have imagined it 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so talking about the, you know, the quality nature of microbrews mm-hmm. and craft beer, um, where does uh, where does Oscar Blues get most of its ingredients from? Oh, definitely from all over. Uh-huh. We source we uh, we source from. Maltsters, you know, hop growers that we think are making the flavor that we want and the best quality therein. So we work with maltsters from all over, um, all the way from down in the street, uh, small little craft maltsters in Colorado that are just getting going, uh, up to Alberta and all the way over to the UK with Simpsons mm-hmm. and Barrack upon Tweed and Tivitshaw. Okay. And uh, in fact, all of our uh, crystal and roast technically comes from, uh, except for the, the the little one-off batches. Technically comes from uh, Simpsons. Right. So, so, what what was the phrase that you refer to as someone who grows hops? Hop growers. No, you 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 gave uh, you said there's a bunch of people who are roasters or oh maltsters. Maltsters. Yeah. What is a maltster? A maltster is uh, the grain. Ah. So, um, a maltster is uh, somebody who you know procures the barley and uh, goes to the malting process. Malting is an incredible process, an art in itself. And working with maltsters is very gratifying because you're able to manipulate the subtleties of your beer mm-hmm. uh, in collaboration with the maltsters. Right. And uh, terroir de- definitely matters. Right. And uh, the person's craft in malting, malting definitely matters. So it's interesting to hear you use the word terroir as it, as it relates to wine, the wine industry mm-hmm. and tasting wine as well. Yeah. So that's, that's fantastic. What an, what an interesting idea. Well, it's, uh, it's actually been proven scientifically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you take a certain genetic variety of grain, you grow it in this, in this environment, and it creates a different, uh, different 
barley kernel in the end. Right. And then that influences the malting process, which exposes and develops the flavor in the uh, the barley kernel, which once it's malted. Hmm. Um, now, th- that's an interesting thought, though, because you have a brewery here in Colorado. Mm-hmm. You have a brewery in North Carolina. Correct. And you have a brewery in Texas. Brand new. Um, so is everyone making, like, all the beers, or does one type of beer come from Texas and one type of beer come from North Carolina? Or how, how does that work? Well, Texas has definitely been a challenge. Indeed. Uh, mainly because— Is that a political statement, or is that just a clear <laughs> statement? I'm going to stay out of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty political move. <laughs> but uh, Texas has definitely, definitely been a challenge. Currently, all the beers served at the tap room have to be brewed at that brewery. But we have brewed Dale's Pale Ale, Mama's Little Yellow Pilsner, mm-hmm. Burrito, Pinner, IPA, Old Chub. Uh, we've even done some one-offs. We've done a 1050 batch and just brewed a Hot Box IPA, which is the new one about to come on, on online in a couple weeks. And they're going to brew some Gubna uh, Imperial IPA mm-hmm. uh, next week. Nice. Uh, Brevard does... Uh, Almost everything, but uh, there are some seasonals that only come on the Longmont because of the uh, the staff and the the capacity that we have. Mm-hmm. So um, things like Hotbox Porter, um, the Hotbox IPA for both facilities here and in North Carolina will come from here. Death by Coconut only comes from here uh, at this point. Uh, however, that's not a, a definite thing. It's just every single uh, year we what's the where's the best place to brew this in yeah. terms of uh, quality control uh in terms of the fact that it's seasonal seasonal beers are difficult you it, it, you the free the lack of frequency because you have to stop and wait in a whole nother year definitely makes it difficult to get the get back on the tracks again right so um i would imagine you know with the number of locations and the volume of beer increasing uh, mm-hmm. maintaining that quality all important quality mm-hmm. control uh, is uh, is always in people's minds. I, I would imagine. Definitely, the uh, you know, especially with different sites, you have to consider the you know the the assurance and then the control yep. at, at all at all facilities. Right. And there are a lot of variables. Yeah, water yeah. for for one, right? No, water right. actually seems to be the easiest <laughs> one for us, mainly because the water sources for both Longmont and um, in North Carolina are very similar. Huh. So, yeah. and we tend to work with very soft water. So even if we didn't have, uh, if we were, had a situation where we had very hard water with lots of other, with high chlorides and sulfates and magnesium and sodium, we, we could just reverse osmosis it. Mm-hmm. In Austin, we found that the only thing we needed to do was soften the water. There's nothing else in there we need to deal with. Right. So we just soften the water down there, and we align it. And then we just adjust our salt uh, additions and our broom process to achieve the same work composition. Hmm. Uh, the most difficult is fermentation. Hmm. Fermentation is, uh, I think, affected by atmospheric pressure. And we have a brewery at 5,000 feet, a brewery at 2,000 feet, and a brewery at zero. Yeah, sea level. So yeah. I can't do that in meters. It's the one conversion I can't do. <laughs> you know, I can do Fahrenheit Celsius all day long. What and, makes yeah. you think you're any different than the rest of us? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so, but it's, uh, it's definitely something that I'm seeing. Right. Uh, well, it, I can't prove it just yet, but it makes a lot of sense. So there's a certain amount of volatile uh, things in the uh, lower altitude uh, situation. Uh, 
than in a higher altitude. Right. So gas comes out of solution more easily at higher altitude. So things that would volatize, volatize more easily up here in Colorado. So, um, th- This could be one of those really hard to answer questions, but do you have a favorite uh, Oscar Blues beer? I, it's all over the place. Yeah, I thought yeah. it would be hard for you to answer. This time that. of year, I drink a lot of Dale's Pale Ale. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's going to be July and August, I'm going to drink a lot of Pinner. Right. Uh, if it's in the fall, I, I definitely drink a lot of Hot Box Porter and uh, Oscar Blues IPA. Oscar, Oscar Blues IPA also in the, the spring. Uh, it's definitely a seasonal thing. I also have at least one 1050 a week at this point. <laughs> I am a, a fan of fresh Tinnevity. A lot of people think you have to age your Imperial uh, Stouts. I don't know. You can. I prefer the other. So, Yeah, excellent. Um, and what do you think um, makes a great beer? Like, What is it that really, when you drink a beer and you're like, that's a great beer, why is it a great beer? I think it's uh, technical merit. <laughs> it's, uh, that's the first thing I look at. But I'd, you know, ever since I started brewing beer professionally, uh, every single year, more and more, I find myself uh, dissecting it. You mm-hmm. know, I just, I, so part of the thrill was lost for a different kind of passion. And uh, at the same time, once, I, once you acknowledge its technical merit, you, you look for something uh, different. You know, look for something innovative, something that has challenged the status quo. And it could be subtle. It could be a series of subtleties. And it could be massive. Mm -hmm. It could be something exotic. And, and, you know, this is a well-executed beer. Man, I don't understand how they went after this flavor with this flavor. And you know what? It's still well-executed, and somehow it's working. Mm. Is it too strange, though? I'm not going to drink it every single time <laughs> i don't know but it's a, i think that still matters and i can still acknowledge a great beer if they've achieved technical merit and then went for something uh, so i'm a i'm a big classical music fan and every mm-hmm. time i listen to a piece of classical music sometimes i hear something that i'd never heard before mm-hmm. is that the same for you drinking a beer with yep. a taste exactly mm-hmm. that's exactly what i'm talking about yeah um and uh, i don't know if you're able to do this but can you give us any insight into the new beer that's going to come out from Oscar Blues anytime the, soon. Yeah, definitely. It's what's, straightforward. What's Hotbox IPA. Mm-hmm. So the so coffee and IPA. I've had a few of these out in the uh, the scene over the last couple of years, but uh, when we had Hotbox Roasters come online, I definitely uh, was able to engage um, somebody else's craft and work and collaborate with them and. Once we started hearing about what they could do to a coffee bean, uh, we and you know, also terroir and the like, uh, we decided like you know what we can combine this with non-traditional you know, uh, you know mates and uh, the IPA you know, with its incredible ability to have different uh, uh, interpretations via the array of hops that are available today. Uh, was a perfect choice. We had already found good success with the Hotbox Porter, and that was with, uh, and that actually took some uh, unique malt choices. And um, we, you know, and also utilized the, the, the roaster and, and the blends of uh, what varieties. With this one, we decided to pair Simcoe 
which is Simcoe is an American cultivar. Uh, I think it's the best hop ever because it's so it's easy to work with in some ways. No hop is perfectly easy to work with. Uh-huh. You still have to know what you're doing, but there is something about that hop that is almost like um, people. Some people say cedar uh, pine. I say a little bit of cedar and spruce. Uh, mixed with a um, really juicy citrus with a hint of um, zest and uh, mango, possibly. It's almost like an unripened mango um, without that stringiness. The uh, coffee varietal that we chose was Ethiopian. and because uh, and he and he told me it's like well if you do this kind of roast and the like and and we put it into a cold brew like concentrated extract, you can taste like this citrus note with acai berries and blueberries and a hint of hint of uh, that chocolate but only a hint. Mm. So I'm like that sounds perfect to me. Uh, I just don't believe you. <laughs> so he you know nevertheless he proved he he said come over here taste this right now and I tasted and I'm like that's your you're right. That's, that is an incredible, like it just has this citrus finish to it after being very much coffee. And then, uh, we did some dosings and, um, we found that we, we used a whole bunch of Vienna malt. Vienna malt's great, controls the extract and the beer. It gives a really easily digestible, uh, sweetness to the beer. Mm. Uh, and, uh, they just somehow paired. We, we call it like the odd couple, and uh, it's definitely the odd couple because it doesn't seem like it, it, they shouldn't make sense. When does it hit the market? A couple of weeks, mm. right? Yeah. I don't know. You're the. I'm head not of the. Uh, the uh, <laughs> I, I just brew the beer. I'm like, beer's done, and I just walk <laughs> away, right? So this guy might know it sitting right next to me. So Tim, this is a this is a real treat, and I appreciate it uh, later in the, on Friday, mm-hmm. um, and. Um, I don't know who else would have been more perfect to meet with at this time of uh, this interview. I, I really appreciate it, and thank you for all the uh, of all the for all the great beers that yeah. that you produce. We all really enjoy them. Thanks. Yeah, that's actually why we do it. So, all yeah. right, good. Well, Cheers. thank you. Cheers. After the interview with Tim, Thomas took me over to meet with Chris, who is the mastermind behind the Reeb bike brand, and then we went on a tour of the brewery operations behind the scenes at Oscar Blues. Both of these deserve their own podcast, so I'll save these for a different time. Now Thomas and I find ourselves at the end of the process, that of people having a good time at the Tasty Weasel Tap Room. All right, we've now arrived at the uh, final end of the process, which is people enjoying drinking beer, uh, and the tap room here at, uh, at Oscar Blues, which is now on a Friday evening, chock full of people listening to some great music. The dogs. Uh, lots of dogs uh, and people drinking beer, which is uh, which is really what this is all about. Yeah, absolutely. And blues music, too. And blues music, too. Yeah. Dogs, blues music, beer, people having fun. So that's fantastic. So we're, we're at the end of this tour. And um, Thomas, thank you so much for, yeah, for you, doing man. this today. Glad we're, you came out. Yeah, no, it's been fantastic and yeah. really insightful. Good. I'm, uh, I'm amazed at the culture of this place. And um you're very yeah. lucky to be part yeah, of, of yeah, this. Yeah, we are, and we definitely don't take advantage of that. And uh, we we respect it and, and definitely live it, and it's it's a good thing to be a part of. Yeah. We all definitely live it. Good stuff. Well, thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, come back. I will. Oh,